Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Andrew Butt, co-founder and CEO of Enable, a rebate management platform that's raised $156 million in funding. Andrew, thanks for chatting with me today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So before we begin talking about what you're building, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Sure. So I'm Andrew Butts, as you say, co-founder and CEO of Enable. I was born in the UK, so quickly became interested in computing and built a couple of software companies in the UK before co-founding Enable and really seeing this huge opportunity, and we'll talk more about that, but my passion in life is actually flying. So I met a lot of my original business network through a flying school where I was building their software, and they were very kindly giving me flying lessons. So that's a little bit of background. Wow. And do you still fly then on a regular basis? On a regular basis. I think since I moved to the Bay Area from the UK, I've been so focused on on the business, and we've been growing so fast. There's not not been so much uh, free time, but definitely something I'll go back to. Amazing. And two questions we'd like to ask just to better understand what makes you tick as a founder and as a leader. What CEO do you admire the most and what do you admire about them? I mean, I think from a CEO perspective, Frank Slootman, who currently is running Snowflake, is just phenomenal. I think he might be one of the best CEOs that's alive today. You know, when you take out people, unfortunately, like Steve Jobs, who's no longer around. And I mean, I think his book, Amp It Up, is fantastic in terms of that kind of focus and that velocity and how to really kind of go big and how to think about the future and then work backwards on how to get there as opposed to incrementalism, which is is definitely not good for for building a company. Yeah, I just finished reading his book as well. And he is a beast. There's, I think, no better way to describe that guy. He is an execution machine. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I really liked in his book that he talked about was the idea of, you know, declaring war and, and having an enemy. I think his actual quote was, you know, war on incrementalism, which I think is just very powerful and very useful, I think, for all founders to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, no, that's so true. And uh, I think the success he's had so consistently, you know, uh, data domain and then going to ServiceNow and then Snowflake has just been a phenomenal track record. Absolutely. And what about books? Is there a specific book that's had a major impact on you as a founder? And this can be a business book or it could be a personal book. Yeah, I mean, probably lots of them. I think Good to Great by Jim Collins, quite old now. And another old one is, is Crossing the Chasm, which really uh, was a good, a good way to call. But to answer your question, you know, what's had the greatest impact? I think some of the Patrick Lencioni series, so, so Five Dysfunctions of a Team, and most recently, uh, the advantage. You know, the advantage is something I've used in the business with my executive team, and it's definitely had a, a really positive impact on the whole team and the whole company. Well, let's talk about the company. So, what's the origin story behind Enable? Sure. So, the origin story goes back again to those flying school days, and I met the owner and founder of uh, what's now the largest distribution company in the UK, a company called DCS Group, and he was he was learning to fly helicopters. And I was kind of there, you know, building software applications. <laughs> and as we got chatting, I really began to see how there was a huge amount and an increasing amount of income coming in from suppliers in the supply chain in the form of incentives and rebates and all kinds of other kind of you know, incentive programs. And this clearly was becoming a huge part of profitability in the supply chain. 
and also a real growth driver, but there wasn't any modern software to manage it well. So all kinds of distributors and retailers were struggling. And then on the other side of the supply chain, the manufacturers were also finding it hard. So that ultimately led to us creating a modern cloud solution to manage that whole space. And what is the status quo for rebate management today? How do most organizations go about managing it? So it's really kind of all sorts of manual systems, home-built systems, you know, Excel spreadsheets kind of limping along, trying to use active ERP systems, which don't do this well. So it's, it's really kind of badly and manually run. And is rebate management an established market category? Or what are your views there on your market category that you're in? Yeah, I'd say it's not established. So a lot of these companies and some of the companies we're working with are the world's biggest companies. And, you know, even they don't necessarily know that this type of software exists. So certainly, you know, rebate management is something which everyone in the supply chain does. But despite that, there hasn't been a recognized category. And it's that category that we're creating. And can you talk me through some of those category creation efforts and and what you're doing to create that category? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, first of all, it's a lot of education. So we're creating a lot of content, best practice guidance on how to manage rebates, how to do better through effective rebate management. We've created more recently a community, which is really putting rebate managers on the map and showing how they actually can have a huge strategic input into their business. So we're helping to kind of elevate them and give them content and equip them. And then also being modern cloud software, it's very much on demand. So we're making it very accessible, very easy, very kind of fast time to value. So, you know, the cloud principles can apply to this this new space. And community-led growth is something that we've talked about a lot on the show in the past. And it seems like there's two core types of communities you can have, you know, community of practice or a discipline or a community around the product. Which approach have you taken? It sounds like it's a community of practice around rebate management. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great, great thought in terms of how you would do that. I think that's right. I think we kind of see that our mission is more than just creating a piece of software, you know, more than creating a product. It it is more about a movement and a practice, to use your word. So, so yeah, I think we're, we're creating that community around the practice. And then if the software can help those guys, then great. But that, that probably is a secondary consideration. And I'm guessing there's no one really you know, championing for rebate managers. Are you the first ones to really call them out and say, hey, you're underserved, you know, you deserve these yes. tools and, and let us support you? Very much so, very much so. And you know, these guys often might find it hard to explain to their colleagues and friends what they actually do. Uh, you know, they, they often, I think you're right, they are underserved and, and just not kind of celebrated at all. And, and these guys really are moving the needle. You know, they're having a massive commercial impact for their their companies and their customers. So we're definitely putting them on the map. Amazing. One of my favorite category creation stories is from Gainsight. And they did Mm. something very similar with customer success. You know, they realized that customer success managers, uh, it was a title that was growing, but they were underserved. You know, everyone just kind of shit on them and didn't really respect them. So they said, hey, you're important. You know, we're going to celebrate you and we're going to build purpose-built tools. We're going to build community. And they've, you know, really used that, you know, very successfully to build their company. So it sounds like you're doing something similar here with rebate managers. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think it is a great example. And uh, I remember hearing the number of job titles for customer success manager on LinkedIn was was literally a few thousand. And then they, they came along and it, it turned into hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, of people. So I think we're also actually increasing the population because a lot of our customers already do this and we're just helping them do it better. Uh, but then others kind of have been considering launching a rebate program and, and they've used us as the catalyst to launch that. So we're kind of growing 
growing the population as well. And what size company does it need to become an, a sole function where they need to have a rebate manager versus just having rebate management be part of a different title's workflow? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think anyone in purchasing and anyone in sales will be negotiating with their suppliers and customers and could be creating rebates and incentives as part of that. And then the rebate manager is probably a bit more of a finance function. So you know, is trying to translate those commercial agreements into financial accounting and accruals and so on. So, you know, you probably probably want to have maybe maybe half a dozen people negotiating these agreements to then have a full-time rebate manager. Makes sense. And from day one, did you set out to create a category? Obviously, a lot of the founders that we speak to and just a lot of SaaS founders in general today aspire to be a category creator, but it's it's hard. You know, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of money and I think generally people are somewhat afraid of you know going down that path. For you, was that clear from day one or were you considering trying to make this part of an existing, more established category? Yeah, I mean, I think when I was, so before I came to Silicon Valley, I kind of looked at other companies that were creating a category, like, like you said, Gainsight with customer success, um, others. And I guess I wasn't completely sure because, you know, like anything, there, there were a small number of very small companies doing something, you know, in the space. There was something going on, but it was just very low profile. And then I think as we've grown, then I've learned that we really are creating the category because like you said, we're investing heavily in terms of effort, time, resources and and money and creating something which is well known or certainly becoming well known and also something that the the kind of majority of customers can adopt. You know, you don't have to be like a visionary or like a really early adopter. We're creating something which is mainstream. So I think in that sense, to answer your question, I'm not sure if I always knew we were creating category, but it, it definitely feels like that's what we're doing right now. Amazing. And to reference something you mentioned earlier in the interview, crossing the chasm, where are you in terms of crossing it? <laughs> so I think if you look at, say, distributors, and we've got distributors now in many industries ranging from automotive to electrical to uh, you know, pharmaceutical and many others, and also in many countries, by the way. So UK, US, Canada, Australia is our most recent market. You know, So with, with that market, distributors who are trying to manage rebates with their suppliers, it's getting quite advanced. And we're probably, probably in the early majority, I would say, um, early majority now. And then I think if you look at, say, manufacturers and the rebates they pay out and managing that, then that, that maybe we're a little earlier. You know, we started focusing entirely on distributors and then it was actually through network effects that we got into the manufacturers. So that happened a little bit later. So we're probably we're still with the somewhat visionary customers in, in that space. And do you envision the pitch is going to have to change as you move away from visionaries? Yeah. And again, we've kind of been through that cycle with the first part with the distributor side already. And it certainly did change. I don't think it was a complete kind of revolution, but it definitely, uh, you know, the way that we implement and the commercial model and how we make it kind of easy for customers did evolve. And are there any numbers you can share just to highlight some of the growth that you're seeing? Sure. I mean, I can tell you about our team. So when I came out here two and a half years ago, we were about 80 people, eight zero, and we're now about 450 people. So that, that's the kind of growth of headcount in two and a half years. You mentioned the fundraising. So we were bootstrapping. We bootstrapped our way to probably about 25 customers. And then we've raised 156 million in the last two years. So that's obviously been a huge, huge change. And then in terms of companies using the platform, we've now got 
just over 10,000 companies that use the platform. That includes our immediate customers and then some of their kind of trading partners who also use Enable. And it's growing very fast. We're about 150% up year over year uh, right now. Wow. And do you think you could have achieved the success you have so far if you weren't in Silicon Valley? I think it's possible, but I think it's not likely because I really think the whole ecosystem here and in terms of talent and some of the people we've brought on board are very, very skilled operators, you know, that have achieved hyper growth before and, you know, we wouldn't have kind of bumped into them just, you know, been anywhere. I think I think being here has helped on that. And I think from an investment point of view, investors here really understand again how to build a, a really big company of consequence which which does involve investment and and spending money and you know that's something which isn't really understood in other parts of the world makes a lot of sense and what have you done do you think successfully if you reflect on this growth what have you done to rise above all of the noise in the market and capture the attention of early customers well i think a big one is the return on investment that we can deliver we're fortunate that in this category we can show hard dollar impact you know quite easily so we can show for example that distributors and retailers are not claiming the full rebate that they're entitled to because they're not tracking it as well as they could be. We can show how a manufacturer could be getting more revenue for their rebate dollars that they're paying and many other things as well. So we have a process called business value assessment where we get inputs from a prospect, which they agree to. So it's, it's their inputs. And then we play back to them you know, how we can give them a payback in maybe three or four months. And we've done that so many times now that we've got lots of case studies and references of customers who will get on a call and say, yep, you know, we bought this system and within three months, we got all of our, all of our money back and more. So that, that has definitely helped us. Wow, that's very powerful, especially in today's climate. Being able to demonstrate ROI, I think, is very critical. Yeah, certainly. And in terms of go-to-market, what would you say was your number one greatest challenge and how'd you overcome that? I think education has been quite a big thing where there have not necessarily been a lot of people out there looking to buy this. You know, they didn't really know it existed. So it's not like an HR system or a CRM system where a company says, right, we're going to market and, you know, we're going to buy a system. And then it's it's simply showing them why we're the best system. It's actually explaining why they should, you know, do this in the first place. And that, I think, has been a challenge which has been getting easier as the software has become easier and easier to adopt and, you know, the commercial model has, has become, you know, the very kind of easy to accept and, and the, the, the risk to the customer is very low. But nevertheless, you know, we're trying to show them that this is a better way and that they should create a business case for something they weren't previously going to do. And that's the downside, right? Whenever it's a category creation plays, you don't just have to create product demand, you have to create category demand and then create product demand. So it's two funnels that you're essentially trying to create at the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think the other side of that is there can be a huge opportunity for success because uh, typically with an established category, you're looking at presentation rate of, of you know, how many prospects out there are actually in the market to buy something, you know, now versus, you know, in the future. Whereas for a new category, people didn't necessarily know they were in the market until they saw and found the solution. And then if you create a good business case, that suddenly they are in the market. So I think it works both ways. For sure. And in terms of your category creation efforts, how important do you think analyst firms like Gartner and Forrester are? I think they're pretty important. And we do get quite a lot of referrals, not necessarily directly from, from those guys, but companies come to us and they say, we were speaking to you know, Gartner, Forrester or others, and, and they said, you know, you are 
the company to look at or suggested we do look at you. And also it works the other way where we'll find the prospect directly or, or you know, we'll go outbound and talk to someone and they will then say, right, well, we're, we're going to ask Gartner their opinion or ask Forrest their opinion. And, you know, that opinion definitely is influential. So I think it's pretty important. Makes a lot of sense. Last question here for you. If we zoom out into the future, what's the three-year vision for Enable? Yeah, I mean, we definitely are building something of scale here. The fact is, every B2B company um, has different types of incentive agreements with its partners, you know, with its suppliers, with its customers. And we want to be the definitive platform that everyone uses. You know, we want to be but just like DocuSign is the standard for e-signature. We want to be the standard for any B2B incentive. So uh, we're looking at big scale. And I'd say, you know, I mean, certainly over, say, a five-year period, we're, we're now at, say, 10,000 companies on the platform. I'd like to see that being a million. I think we can get to a million in five years. Uh, you know, we're currently in about five countries, you know, UK, US, Canada, Australia, uh, and others. And we, we've got customers in, in about 20 countries right now. And I think that will grow to maybe 100 countries in five years. And we, we really want to be a platform. So it's not just, again, a piece of software to manage incentives, but, but a platform where companies can manage their existing trading relationships and also discover new trading relationships and new incentive opportunities. Amazing. Andrew, unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time to cover for today's interview. Before we wrap, if people want to follow along with your journey as you build, where's the best place for them to go? I would just say go to enable.com. It's a really easy to remember URL. And we've got all of our social media there. You know, I personally am on LinkedIn and use LinkedIn as my main platform for social media. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat, talk about what you're building, your category creation efforts, and the vision. This is all super exciting, and we look forward to seeing you execute on this vision. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. All right. Keep in touch.